the kind that Laura longed for. When they were first married, Vince had teased her about her attempts to introduce such things into their own home. If he was ever forced to make his own tea, he abandoned the used tea bag on the draining board, no matter how many times Laura asked him to put it in the bin. He drank milk and fruit juice straight from the carton, ate with his elbows on the table, held his knife like a pen, and spoke with his mouthful. Each on its own was a small thing, like the many other small things he did and said that Laura tried to ignore, but nonetheless chafed her soul. Over the years, their accumulation in both number and frequency hardened Laura's heart and stymied her gentle aspirations for even modest fragments of the life she had once sampled in the homes of her school friends. When Vince's teasing eventually curdled into mocking, a traycloth to him became an object worthy only of derision, and so did Laura. The interview had taken place on the day of her 35th birthday, and had been surprisingly brief. Mr. Perdue had asked her how she took her tea, and then poured it. There had been precious few other questions from either party before he had offered Laura the job, and she had accepted. It had been the perfect present, and the beginning of hope for Laura. The whistle of the kettle pierced her reminiscence. Laura took her tea, along with a duster and some polish, through to the garden room. She hated cleaning at home, especially when she had shared a home with Vince, but here it was an act of love. When she had first arrived, the house and its contents were gently neglected, not dirty or shabby, just vaguely overlooked. Many of the rooms were unused. Anthony spent most of his time in the garden room or his study and never had any guests to stay in the extra bedrooms. Softly, gently, room by room, Laura had loved the house back into life. Except the study. She had never been in the study. Anthony had told her at the start that nobody went into the study except him, and when he wasn't in there, it was kept locked. She had never questioned it, but all the other rooms were kept clean and bright and ready for anyone to enjoy, even if no one ever came. In the garden room, Laura picked up the silver-framed photograph and buffed the glass and silver until it shone. Anthony had told her that the woman's name was Therese, and Laura knew that he must have loved her very much, because hers was one of only three photographs on display throughout the whole house. The others were copies of a picture of Anthony and Therese together, one of which he kept on a small table next to his bed, and the other on the dressing table in the big bedroom at the back of the house. In all the years she had known him, she had never seen him look as happy in life as he did in that photograph. When Laura left Vince, the last thing she had done was to chuck the large framed photograph of their wedding into the bin, but not before she had stamped on it, grinding the smashed glass into his smirking face with her heel. Selina from Servicing was welcome to him. He was a complete and utter arsehole. It was the first time she had really admitted it, even to herself. It didn't make her feel any better. It just made her sad that she had wasted so many years with him. But with an unfinished education, no real work experience and no other means of supporting herself, 
there had been little choice. When she had finished in the garden room, Laura went through to the hallway and started up the stairs, stroking a golden gleam from the curved wooden banister with her duster as she went. She had often wondered about the study. Of course she had. But she respected Antony's privacy as he respected hers. Upstairs, the largest bedroom was also the handsomest and had a bay window that overlooked the back garden. It was the room Antony had once shared with Therese, but now he slept in the smaller room next door. Laura opened the window to let in some air. The roses in the garden below were in full bloom, undulating ruffles of scarlet, pink and creamy petals, and the surrounding borders frothed with fluttering peonies punctuated with sapphire lances of larkspur. The scent of the roses floated upwards on the warm air.